I know you guys may act all tough and create this persona that you don't need to take care of your skin, but anyone who has been in the wilderness for an extended amount of time knows that's not true. You have to take care of your body. That's why you should check out Trichome. Trichome is a skincare company that sells what is quite frankly the best lip balm on the planet. Made with all natural ingredients, it's built to protect your lips in the harshest conditions. On top of that, they've got body oil and beard oil options as well. And guys, be sure to check out their shaded lip balms for the lady in your life. Check out their website at trichomeco.com to buy and use code LETHAL10 at checkout for 10% off your order. Again, that's T-R-I-C-O-M-B-E-C-O.com. What did, uh, well, you probably haven't done anything in archery the last uh. week <laughs> to two weeks because you've been on call and working uh. like a million hours. Yeah. The last week I've been on call and it's, I got to say that, um, for all of my customers that might listen to this, like, thank you for, for actually like listening and, <laughs> and understanding the situation because, it's, I've had quite a few of you, you know, reach out and go, hey, I'm putting this order in, but I don't need it to ship until this day. Perfect. That, you know, that's I'm I'm the type of person that when an order comes in, I'm trying to get it out the next day, regardless of when. Right. <laughs> and so, you know, especially with the schedule that I've got with my day job the next couple of weeks here, like, yeah, go put your order in. And, you know, if... If it is an emergency, tell me. Yeah. If it isn't, tell me. <laughs> Just because then I can go, okay, that can wait until I get back from this trip in three days. And, you know, no harm, no foul. Right. So definitely thank you to all of you that uh, have been an understanding of that. It makes a world of difference when uh, you're trying not to run yourself ragged. Yeah, no kidding. I shot 3D. Well, no, I didn't. It wasn't 3D. I shot a course yesterday in the woods with, I guess they're like cardboard. Cutouts. Yeah. Well, no, no, no. It's they're just like block targets, but the, okay. it's just like compressed. Uh, um, it's not even foam. I don't even know. I don't know what exactly it is. Plastic um, bags. No, I've no. It's before. um. It's almost like like insulation, kind of. Okay. Like, like really compressed and like, uh, or uh, maybe it might be like cardboard that's been like ground up and then compressed. I don't know, hmm. but, uh, economy uh, bags. Yeah, m- maybe. Yeah. Something like that. I don't, I don't know what it is, but man, they, uh, on these fresher targets they've got out there, man, it was a bear to pull some of these arrows out. Like <laughs> I'm not a, you know, I'm not a little guy and my buddy Dallas that I was shooting with is like an amateur power lifter and like multiple times it was, I couldn't pull it or he couldn't pull it. And there had to be uh, multiple hands involved with pulling arrows. Uh, so, uh, that was, uh, uh, that was interesting. It was fun, but I have, I haven't really shot a compound much the last, really the last year and a half. Oh geez. You and, broke uh, the compound? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I went and shot the compound because nice. uh, he's uh, he's shooting a compound. I, I just got I got Dallas into bow hunting a couple of years ago, and gotcha. uh, and he's uh, he's kind of taken off with it. And I'm I'm really excited because he's like my only 
local hunting friend <laughs> and uh um so we're doing that together and uh, we're gonna start trying to shoot a couple nights a week now so nice. i'm pretty uh yeah i'm pretty excited but yeah it definitely made me kick the uh I, I need to get a compound set up in order into gear. So I'm hoping to pick up some of the new serious Apollos and uh, we're going to try and figure out a, uh, a direct bond system to run, run on that because the ethics currently doesn't make one because the Apollos are thick, like mega thick. Like oh, yeah. the 200 spine that I'm probably going to end up running is like 12.6 grains per inch thick. So, uh, yeah, some fatty, fatty McNasty 204s. I mean, they might as well be a 245 at that point because they're, <laughs> they're so yeah. they're so thick. But I'm going to give them a shot and uh, uh, some really good wall thickness and durability there. So I'm, I'm pretty excited to mess around with that. Uh, but yesterday when we went out and shot, it was two normal guys with 28 inch draw lengths and about, you know, I think we're both pulling between like 68 and 70 pounds. Uh, and we are, we are incredibly average and we have realized through messages and just, uh, having a couple friends on both sides of the aisle that there are a bunch of weirdos out there, a bunch of freaks, uh, that either have really long draw lengths or shooting a really high draw weight. Like some, we've got a couple guys that shoot 80, 90, almost hundred pounds. And then we have friends on the opposite side normally ends up being the young ladies that are shooting, you know, 25, 26 inches, maybe 27. Uh, sometimes I think like the longest draw length I've ever seen on a girl is like 27 and a half, which is weird because like, I definitely know some taller girls that shoot archery, but I've never, I don't know. I guess I've never seen them shoot longer draw length bows. That's kind of odd now that I'm thinking about it. So but anyway, now I'm going to have to look up if, if women, don't have the same ape index average i that's a good question that's a really good question because like my wife is like an maybe an inch shorter than like so maybe an inch shorter than me as you yeah she's uh, between half an inch and an inch and her draw length is two and a half inches shorter than mine granted i have i have long arms for a for a yeah. short guy uh but um yeah her draw length is significantly shorter uh than mine is so um, people like that can be at a disadvantage. They do have some advantages to, uh, um, to what they can do though. So this episode, we are going to touch on, uh, we're going to touch on the weirdos. We're going to talk about the people that have really lightweight or short draw, short draw lengths and, uh, the Gumbies of the world that have really long draws or shooting really, really heavy bows. Um, so Rob is, uh, married uh as am i uh we both have wives that shoot archery and um you know as i just mentioned they uh my wife at least has a has a shorter uh shorter draw length i think she pulls right at 50 pounds i think is what she draws uh she's she's pretty she's stronger than i mean she's she's strong like when i i pulled i pull her bow back and i, I was like oh that's decent amount of weight i wasn't expecting 50 pounds and i put it on a scale and it came out at, at like i think it was like 49 and i was like whoa okay like i was just hoping she was over 40 and uh the old uh you know turn it up half a turn like every every week kind of sneak it in there don't yeah oh yeah <laughs> oh absolutely yeah no i, I didn't tell why her. are my arrows uh, hitting high 
<laughs> oh, oh man, I probably could have saved you some frustration there because I, I don't know. Um, <laughs> uh, so uh, uh, I guess uh, let's let's start with the lower uh, draw weight uh, yeah. and uh, uh, shorter draw length people. Um, so typically this falls into uh, young ladies, um, youth, uh, you know, younger people that are getting into it, whether that be boys or girls. And Rob, like you pointed out, this is actually a very applicable comparison to traditional shooters as well. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I guess a lot of what we're going to talk about uh, in regards to lighter draw weight, um, if you're a trad shooter, then tune in because this makes sense for you as well. Well, and that's even like, I mean, there's definitely differences with like super short draw length and what you can do, what, you know, what pros and cons are for building a setup uh, compared to like a, a normal 28, 29 inch draw that's just a low energy system, mm-hmm. right? Because I mean, like, like on on the, the oddball end of low energy is like my longbow. Right. It's a 76 <laughs> pound longbow flinging 750 grain arrows now that I retweaked them. And that's at like 25 foot pounds. <laughs> as, like, uh, as, as range fairy would say, uh, muskrat arrows. <laughs> it's like, but I mean, that's what that bow is. It's, it's a deflex like, uh, ASL like hill style bow. And that deflex just kills the performance. It makes it super comfortable to shoot. It makes it super quiet but that puts me considerably lower force mm-hmm. than even like my wife's compound setup at at 2650 yeah. you know so it's there's definite you know different sides to low energy but uh there's definitely some some consistent themes sure across that group yeah, uh, I guess we can we can lead off with a consistent theme. One of the most consistent things that you will see uh, recommended. Well, I shouldn't even say that because all the time I see. Uh, well, uh, our friend Alex, love you, Alex. Thank, and b- thank you, thank you, Alex, for being so brave to post the pictures that you had from. I think it was like five years ago where she had the oh, yeah. low the low kinetic energy rages. Uh, um, it's okay. I I was there too. Uh, I didn't have the low KEs, but I have I have pictures of me uh, quote unquote building arrows and putting uh, rage broadheads on the end of them. So, um, but we we won't talk about that. But um, uh, you but you do see I I guess uh one like bit of sensibility that I see on the internet is when people post talking about short draw length, lower draw weight is a lot of people will say, uh, use a cut on contact, uh, like two blade head. And the majority of these heads that they're recommending for the, for the common folk, for the people, if you buy a a cut on contact head, uh, at, you know, your big box stores, that's normally something like your, your Magnus. Um, God, who else makes a cut on contact? Um, Yeah. I mean, not a lot of it isn't stuff that that we particularly like, right? But it's it's in the right direction. Yeah, um, yeah, and, and that's, that's I mean, kind of the the biggest thing. 
even outside of the two blade is most of the time if you have someone that is experienced with uh, a lower energy type build Mm -hmm. um, at minimum they're going to be recommending cut on contact you know whether that's a, a three four two blade whatever but to you know make sure that it's cut on contact to at least reduce that resistance yeah you know i'll never i'll never forget and i promise i'm gonna get back on track but uh i'll never forget a video i saw i think it was when joe rogan was like just starting to get into archery and and bow hunting and he went into a shop with cameron haynes and Joe was like, you know, picking up broadheads and was like, what about this one? What about this one? What about this one? Being and he normal picked up, Joe, just like yeah, bouncing it, everywhere. It, yeah, being inquisitive and, and wanting to have information on everything. And he picked up some type of like two blade head. And he said, what about this? And uh, Cam, God bless him. I guess he, I mean, he really isn't wrong. But he said, oh, that's a two blade. That's more for like that's m- more made for women for low draw weights. And like he isn't wrong, but this is applicable for anyone who is trying to increase penetration potential. Yep. Uh, so so the common the common theme between uh, um, whether you just have a really short draw uh, length or a low draw weight or you're shooting traditional is a high mechanical advantage broadheads are good and it is the direction that you should probably head um a high mechanical advantage broadhead for those who don't know are your uh, like three to one ratio quote-unquote ashby style heads the longer heads the more the heads you would have seen used quite a bit back in the 60s 70s and 80s with Mm -hmm. zwickies and and you know all the quote-unquote old school heads now uh so um those are great even like you know the old old school three and four blades like the what is it the like the woodsman and mm-hmm. you know a bunch of that stuff it had more blades so it wasn't you know an actual three to one but a right. lot of those were that type of ratio or type of blade yeah. angle um, yep but the the big thing is i guess what what the mechanical advantage really boils down to is so if if you know that you are already limited on the energy output from the bow, that your arrow already has a limited amount of force, you want to maximize the effective use of that force. Yep. And so that's where like, you don't have you don't have much to lose. <laughs> that, exactly. That's the problem. It's, you want to save every little bit that you can because yep. you don't have much to start with. And so like that's where like if you go, you know, one extreme to the other, you look at a lot of your standard, even say cut on contact, but like a standard like muzzy or mm-hmm. a slick trick. Most of those, if you actually measure them are somewhere between like a 0.3 and like a 0.6. Yeah, very mechanical low advantage mechanical advantage. They're, yeah. they're very short compared to how wide they are, plus the number of blades. So now if you've got, you know, just keeping it simple, if you've got one pound of force and your broadhead is, say, a 0.5 mechanical advantage, your output, your, your effective work, 
that can be accomplished is half a pound. Right. Now, if you take that exact same bow, that exact same arrow, you don't change a thing about the force or what it, you know, what's there. You just go to a high mechanical advantage, a high efficiency broadhead, like a three to one two blade. Now that one pound becomes an effective three pounds of work. Yep. So without changing anything about how much energy you have, you, you know, multiplied your work by six. That's quite drastic. a bit. I mean, yeah. that's huge. Six, 600% increase. So, I mean, that's where like when people get concerned about, you know, even, you know, wanting to make sure that they're, you know, set up for success, but, you know, maybe they're leery about changing arrow weights or, you know, it's late in the season and they, you know, they're comfortable with their setup. They don't have time to readjust. They don't have time to reset up and recite. And they're going, you know what? I, I've, I've learned a few things and I want to make an improvement. Pick the same weight head that you have mm-hmm. and find a higher mechanical advantage head at that weight. Yep. It's 100%. a significant change. And on the flip side of that coin, low mechanical advantage broadheads are bad and you should not use them. Actually, before we switch off from high mechanical advantage heads, well, this is kind of applicable across the board, but for like you, if you are bow hunting, you should always have a razor sharp broadhead going into the woods, uh, regardless of who you are. But this becomes exponentially important when you are a low draw weight, short draw length archer because a sharp broadhead uh, does wonders for penetration. And if you are already handicapped with... And blood loss. Yeah, yeah, that too. Uh, But just being able to put two holes in the animal. If you you have... if, If you are already handicapped by, you know, whether, you know, in some way, shape, or form to not produce a ton of energy... Uh, you have to have that broadhead sharp, uh, and if it's not, it's going to be tough. Well, Can't be just, done. Can't be done. You know, it, yeah, it's it's yeah. a it's a knock against the you know uh, overall potential that was there. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. You only have so much, and everything you do against it is is taking away any bit of potential you had. And like we said, you know, you're already. You're already shortchanging yourself for, you know, whatever reason for uh, being in that that scenario. But anyway, uh, so high mechanical advantage broadheads, good. Low mechanical advantage broadheads, bad. Uh, and so this this is a lot of your mechanicals. Uh, and I'll kind of use, uh, you know, Alex as an example when she posts her low kinetic energy rages. Uh, first off, any type of mechanical opening is going to eat up a ton of energy, so that's the, oh, just not I mean, a the fan of that. With those is the bands, right? Yeah, it's, yeah, it's a yeah. lighter band. You know, it's not changing the efficiency at all. It's not changing the mechanical advantage at all. Yeah, it's changing how much energy is requ- it, required to open the head and break right. that well, band. Yeah, well, just to I, I, yeah to even to add on to that, only to break the band. Yeah, yeah. the amount of energy to open the head doesn't even change same. as long as as long as the mechanical advantage doesn't change, right? Yeah, and uh, that's that's the issue is um, and it's not like yeah, breaking the band does take energy. I 
don't have like a real way of quantifying that to be honest. I've never really cared to try and figure out how, but a broadhead opening up, whether it's a front deploying or a rear deploying eats up a ton of energy of uh, that, that regardless if you're shooting low KE banded broadheads or not, uh, that's, that's robbing you of a ton of energy. And, and I'm not just picking on mechanicals, but any low mechanical advantage broadhead in this scenario is not good because you're you're subtracting away from that potential. Uh, so uh, if whether that's where that is a mechanical or a fixed blade, like my wife should not be shooting Silver Flame XXLs. Uh, you know, I wouldn't personally recommend a, a nearly two inch wide broadhead for uh, for short draw length, uh, light draw weight archers. Now, obviously, it depends on the game you're pursuing. Uh, yeah. Plenty of guys have have killed big game with the silver flames, uh, you know, uh, shooting, uh, you know, not super high poundage bows. Uh, um, That's one thing I would just to interrupt for a second. Yeah, go for it. Like, say you are someone that is currently running, you know, like a, a low energy mechanical right so you're probably below a 0.5 mechanical advantage and say mentally you're going i just i for my own confidence i need a big cut that double xl i mean if you're you know able and willing to bump up the weight it's still going to double your mechanical advantage Right. (laughs) You know, is it the best option? No. But it is still, like, oddly enough, it is still an improvement over the majority of normal off-the-shelf heads. your big box store heads, your troll cars and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, 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 I mean, really, I think just the the big jump there, one of the big jumps could just be moving to a two-blade. Because mm-hmm. that, that that I mean, you're basically increasing if you have the exact same profile from a two blade and a three blade and you go from a three to a two, you're increasing yeah. your mechanical advantage by 33 percent. Yeah. Or am I, am I thinking of that backwards? So I, I'm, I'm running on no sleep. So numbers are not my friend. Right now. <laughs> you were throwing out numbers earlier. Dude. I know <laughs> it's hit or miss. Um, <laughs> but like if you are someone that wants a wider cut, like something like. Uh, an XL um, or I mean there's a number of heads that are in that inch and a quarter to inch and a half Mm -hmm. that are going to you know give you that little bit extra cutting if that's what you're really chasing Um, but it it is taking away from your potential Um, and so my thought is you know I want two holes. Yep. I want that arrow, if at all possible, to fully exit. Yep. And whatever it takes to make that happen consistently, I'm all for. It's, you know, I'll take an inch wide hole that allows the arrow to leave the body. Absolutely. You know, that's make sure you put it in, you know, in the vitals. And as long as it's sharp, it'll do the work. But 
don't know. Do you want to, uh, I guess, touch on, I guess, the flip side of high mechanical advantage for our Gumby friends? Or are we, we saving will. that for, for after, we're sa- for later? We're saving, that, we're saving that for the Gumby section. Okay. I just didn't know because we are talking about like three to one. In, yeah. You know, advantages right now. Yeah. Oh well. Yeah. I've. I've. Uh, Rob, you'd be so proud of me. I have notes. Oh, uh, um, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> Here, I'll, I'll send them to you right now. You're good. You're uh, good. Uh, but yeah. Um, no, we. I definitely want to talk about that because there are. There are cons. There are cons to. Yeah. Everything's uh, a give and hunt. take. Yeah. And absolutely. It, it's, a, it's a matter of, of evaluating it based on the situation and based on the application, to understand what is acceptable for you yeah um, you know that's the what i might recommend to some you know young child trying to you know harvest their first deer with the state minimum poundage and you right. know short draw length is probably not what i'm going to recommend you know necessarily it, it could be but you know it's probably some variations on like what I would shoot. Right. You know, so yeah. Yeah. hundred percent, hundred percent agree. Um, but I mean, bottom line, uh, and I'll, I'll post the, um, formula for calculating mechanical advantage, uh, in the show notes. If you're, if you want to look at that, but, uh, really the higher simple. the, ma- <laughs> well, I mean, it's not terribly difficult, but I mean, it, it takes a, I would do it. I mean, I well, the more blade, the, some the more blade you get. It's, yeah, it's cutting length divided by cutting height from center divided by the number of blades. Yeah, like you said, long day, math bad right now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we're we're both in that. Yeah. Yeah, dude, it's been it's been a hell of a week so far, and it's only Wednesday. Um. So yeah, yeah. So it, uh, once again, all that to say. You know, uh, not or not to say that, um, you know, if you're if you're a low, low energy shooter that you can't shoot wider block broadheads, just shoot wider broadheads with a good mechanical advantage Mm -hmm. or with a better mechanical advantage. And that typically ends up being your two blades. So that's that. Um, Here's a really awesome thing for you uh, low energy shooters. Uh, This typically means that you can get into lighter spines than the majority of normies like us can get into. So, for example, my wife can shoot a 400 spine arrow. Her current arrow is the 400 grain uh, TDT, or 400 spine TDT, I should say. The cool thing about this is we can chop that bad boy real short, Mm -hmm. like real short, like crossbow bolt short almost. Uh, and the awesome thing for this, so, uh, not to get like too into dynamic reaction, but you can afford to go with these lighter spines because you're going to cut it down so much that it's the equivalent of like what we would normally recommend with like a 300 or a 250 spine for most men. Uh, um, or if you're Rob, you have to shoot 170s and 150s. Um, um, and we'll, you know, we'll get to those. Yeah. Well, normal stuff. Right. But, uh, the the thing you want to keep in mind with this is make sure that it's reacting properly, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Don't just chop it down all the way right at the beginning. Well, and that's I mean, there's no 
necessary harm in going too stiff. I would much prefer too stiff. That's what she said. To, well, that, that's a good thing. That's also what she said. Um, but there's no necessary harm in the shaft reacting in a stiff manner. Sure. Yeah. I would much rather that than weak. Yeah, 100%. And so my point was, like, if you're, you know, because a lot of times, especially with short draw, low poundage, a lot of shops don't carry above a 400. Yeah. And so it doesn't matter if you're 35 pounds in a 23-inch draw. You're getting a 400. You're probably getting getting a 400, which is stiff technically at that point. Yeah. And so you might be able to take that exact same arrow and start putting weight up front. Yep. Right. Well, that's, and, that's the benefit is you can, uh-huh. you, you can stack that weight. But it's a matter of, you know, making sure that just like anyone else, making sure that that arrow is launching cleanly. Yep. And that the shaft is recovering efficiently. Yep. Um, but yeah, that's, I mean, the shorter that shaft gets the stiffer it reacts dynamically and the more weight that it can handle. So, yep. Yeah, it is. It's not uncommon, uh, for, uh, I, I guess maybe we should touch on this too. I am personally in the camp that if you are a low energy shooter, you should probably just, uh, accept the fact that your maximum effective range is, probably going to be between like 15 to 30 yards and and i mean maybe yeah i mean yeah it it, it does depend for sure but like i mean i don't know i i feel like if you are if you're that handicapped in that in that department uh it's man if you especially if you look at downrange and energy um that's it's it's uh it starts to be a little eye opening the arrow weight starts coming in yeah. Oh, for but sure. It's, uh, you know, there's a definite difference between like Wisconsin has a 30 pound minimum draw weight. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's a definite difference between like if someone is at, you know, 25, 30, mm-hmm. you know, 25 inches, 30 pounds and 25 inches and 50 pounds. Right. Right. There, there's a difference there. So, I mean, if you're on that light, light end of the spectrum, then yeah, I mean, you're going to be working a little more to you know get your shots, yeah, and that's just part of it. It's you know it's uh, I guess the choice between knowing or or being confident that it's going to work and being confident that you're you're going to have an opportunity right right because i mean that's that's what i see a lot of times is people and oddly enough this happens a lot with guys that are shooting 60 to 70 pounds with normal draw lengths Mm -hmm. going well I, i i need my my range to be x and you're going okay well you're maxed out you at that, that right far? now. Right. Like, how are you wanting to, to change something if you're already at your max range? And and you aren't there yet. Yeah. It's like, well, 
do you want to have an opportunity at 70 or do you want to know that you're going to, you know, have success at 50? Right. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a very, it's a very good point. Um, so I, I guess the, the whole benefit to running those lighter spines, like what you touched on, Rob, is you can get some mega front of center going on. Mm-hmm. It is not uncommon for a young lady to be shooting an arrow between like 450 and 500 grains and to be well into the 20% plus FOC oh, range. Yeah. Okay. I mean, like 25, like my wife's current build. Um, I guess the one that I posted the, the bear shaft broadhead video on like a month mm-hmm. ago now, mm-hmm. um, that is outside of even what we were just talking about because she asked for a heavier build, an adult arrow, yeah, adult era. And right. uh, I just happened to have a set of 300s that had been cut to 27 inches, and the guy backed out. Mm-hmm. Like, it was one of those where, like, he needed them yesterday. Right. And he's like, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll get the order in. And it was someone that I thought that I trusted. Right. And then I had them all cut, ready to ship, and backed out. And so it was a 300 spine cut to like 27 inches with uh, um, ethics 100 grain outsert in it. Mm-hmm. And you slap a 300 grain broadhead in there, or 315, it's right at six, like, well, once it's flesh, you'll be like 665, somewhere in there. Yeah. But that's at like 31.5%. Jeez. And that's My a 300 word. spine. I mean, she could get away with, you know, a 350 with that much with the, with the weight that she has up front right if we trimmed it right and i mean so even over spined and that that's a rampage so that's a, a heavier shaft yeah that's yeah, a heavy 204 yeah like that foc is through the rough yeah yeah that's awesome and uh when uh jake if you're listening whenever we uh finally get emily on or we can we we get we convince her to come on uh you know she's uh emily thompson has some some uh proven success with uh those high front of center arrows that you just can't get to fly right so uh but yeah and but that's i mean that's kind of similar i i think her i'm not going to give too much away but uh what was her setup on on that big animal? Was it? It was. Yeah, I know it I was like I right around. I, I know the right. full story, and I want to save it. Yeah. Oh no. For... I'm. I. I've, she. She was over twenty five percent FOC. Yeah. I think she was like twenty seven percent, and I want to say it was around a five hundred grain arrow, give or take five fifty, I believe five fifteen. It okay. was. A, it was, to my knowledge, it was the lightest arrow that she's used for big game because she wanted a little bit more range. Sure. And. Even though she got like, I think nearly four foot of penetration. Almost four foot, yeah. Like she, at least according to the story that I was previously told, um, left that experience going, I'm going back to like six to 650. Hey, good for her. Because <laughs> she didn't exit. Yeah, no, that's, uh, I mean, geez, you know, 99% of people would be pleased as punch with, with, uh, with that result and only the Thompsons. No, we can do better. Hey, uh, you can always improve. Hey, nah, you're, you're absolutely right. And I'm, I'm, I'm really excited to get, get Jake and her both on here. Yeah. Um, so yeah, for you 
T-Rex arm. And, and there's guys too. Uh, and, you know, this isn't just girls. So for the guys that have short draw lengths, like Eric, uh, Eric can get crazy high front of center mm-hmm. uh, because of how short his draw length is. And yeah. well, until Andy's, someone can, you know, I don't think he's shooting that high a poundage. No, I think like he shoots 60 pounds 60, now. 60, I think. Yeah, I, yeah. I think. But, yeah, I mean, th- there there are guys that are shooting, you know, short draw lengths. I mean, I've got a guy local that's got a 25-inch draw. Like, just mm-hmm. a tiny guy. Yeah. Guess what? It happens. There ain't nothing wrong with it. Yeah, nothing wrong like with it. Like I said, I'm, I'm just... Work, work I, I would be a... Got. I would be a, a short draw length guy. I just got if lucky and got arms. long arms. Yeah, if I if I had normal arms, I'd I'd be at probably twenty seven, twenty six yeah. and a half, probably. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, but I I got lucky and got some monkey arms on me. So, um, yeah, high front center, it's cool. Yeah. And uh, if you are a, a short draw length, low pounded shooter, you can normally normally get that. Um, on the the other side of this, for the trad world. Mm-hmm. And this is even if you have a longer draw length, even if you are running higher poundage, it's still low energy. Um, but because of how the majority of guys aren't running center cut bows, yep, that shaft needs to wrap around and needs to flex around the riser. Yep. And so because of that, you're doing the exact same thing as these super short draw individuals where yep. you're running a lighter spine to get the proper reaction. Yep. So it'll bend and more. And with that, you get those same benefits of, you know, having easy front of center. Yep. And, you know, being in more control of that without having to get ridiculous on total weight. Yeah. Uh, it's very, uh, at least from what I'm seeing, it's very common for trad shooters to be like knocking on the door 20%, between 15 and 20% FOC, and they're shooting 500 to 550 grain arrows. Like yeah, nothing, mean, most of the time you nothing can run crazy like heavy. A 125 grain head. And, 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 100, and 100 grain brass insert. Yeah, and be, you know, right around that point. <laughs> yep. 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 Absolutely. Uh, so the last point i wanted to make about lightweight short draw shooters and this is where i guess on the flip side of when i see recommendations for uh broadheads for uh for people that fall into this class the other side of that that i see a lot is uh people that are proponents of shooting lighter broadheads like 85 75 grain broadheads this is backwards and when you are shooting low energy setups your arrow mass becomes more critical than than the guys that are either normal or Gumbies that are shooting really long draw weight or the Arnolds of the world that are shooting really heavy draw weight. You cannot sacrifice to go with a very light arrow uh, because you are your already short deck is getting cut in half again, mm-hmm. uh, and that is something I would avoid. Now, obviously shoot what you're comfortable with. I'm not saying that, you know, if if the heaviest arrow you can possibly shoot accurately is at the range you need to hunt at is 350 grains, then, you know, do everything else you can to make it better. High mechanical advantage head, good front of center if you can. But if you are comfortable with your trajectory, bump it up a little bit or bump up your, your mass a little bit and see how it changes your trajectory because your your mass is very very important and out of anybody that should be shooting heavier arrows it should be 
people in the low energy side of things. Yeah. And that's, I mean, when you look at what energy a system has, how much force a system has, the, the two factors are speed and mass, right? Yep. So if, if you don't have any speed, the only way for you to really get more energy, more force, more potential is to bump up your arrow weight. Um, and I'm trying to find my chart. And I'll say this too. Go ahead. It doesn't take much weight to be breaking that 10 grain per pound. You know, no, and to already it really be, doesn't. you know, once you get into that, like 10 to 12, you're, you've hit that initial, you know, fast climb in efficiency. Right. And now you're right. just kind of continually stacking up. Yep. And so it's like for people that are shooting 40 to 50 pounds, bumping up to like a 500 grain arrow is going to get you into you know a a more efficient zone for the bow yep and you're not going to be losing like your trajectory loss versus your mass gain is minimal yeah that's it's not that huge if i can find my chart we'll post the chart and well well, we'll post on our we'll post it on our social media if people want to check it out yeah here we go um, so this was a couple years ago. My wife's bow, uh, was still at 26 inches. It was at 42 pounds at the time. It's an elite spirit, right? Yep. Elite spirit. And so with her, I guess at the time, her 3d arrow was 312 grains. Mm-hmm. That was at 235. Her hunting arrow at the time was the same shaft with a 200 grain, uh, no, was, yeah, with a 300 grain head. Huh, that's um, all. So it was a 200 grain jump. Right. Um, so 515? 515-ish, 520. It was a little tweak on there. Sure. Um, but that was at 190. So you're looking at a hmm. 45 foot per second change, which is... You know, isn't small. Right. But in the grand scheme of things, what's the trajectory difference there? You know, it's the, as you get slower, that difference kind of flatlines a little bit. Yep. Yep. And, and what I was going to say is especially, and I know, uh, like when, when I got married, I got my wife into bow hunting and I would imagine that there are a lot of guys that find themselves in the same situation there. Uh, their spouse gets into bow hunting because of them. Uh, what I have found is, uh, through like, I guess, internal testing, I guess, uh, really not testing, but just, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, no, not noted. Yeah. Observation. There we go. I was say noticing that's, that's not what I'm looking for. (laughs) Observation is that when people go in without a preconceived notion of what their trajectory should look like, they are much more accepting of whatever they get. Oh yeah. And so, 
Right, exactly. It's like perspective is everything. Yep, and 100%. And that's where like guys that I've dealt with in the past that, you know, are so used to, you know, running 5 grain per pound just you know, mm-hmm. trying to get every ounce of speed possible. And then you get them into a heavier setup and they're going this is impossible. Yeah. Like this is yep. the worst trajectory in the world. But if they stick with it, it becomes the new normal. Yep. And now it's not, there's nothing wrong with it. Like yeah. it's just, yeah, it's what you're used to plays such a big role. Yeah. Well, and I mean, since, you know, picking up a recurve too, I feel like uh, I would be beyond comfortable with going over the weight that I currently shoot on my compound Mm -hmm. uh, as far as arrow mass, because when I'm, you know, shooting a recurve and I'm coming in at, you know, a hundred and well, I can't say yet less, (laughs) less than less than 200. uh, And then I shoot my compound at you know, it's like 245 ish. I'm like, Whoa, this thing is fast. When really like anyone else would think this thing's a slug, but really it's not. Uh, uh, you know, all, all things considered. Oh, and I would like to point out that uh, elites, uh, uh, God bless them, great hunting bows, uh, phenomenal hunting bows. I'd an e, E35 till I die kind of guy. The, the, but the, the, the older uh, ones. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. The older <laughs> ones. But elites are slugs. First off, they're slow to begin with, and, yeah. and which is fine. They're a hunting bow. I get that. No, you know, not everyone wants to make a 350 screaming turbo cam. But elites, from what I have seen, don't they aren't the most efficient cam style for heavier uh, for heavier weights. They don't they don't gain like I've seen some other cam systems well, gain in, in efficiency. Efi- they're efficient from the get go. Right, and right. That's, that's what a lot of people get screwed up with when looking at well, this bow doesn't perform well with heavy arrows because they don't see this drastic, you know, kinetic Drop energy off. increase. Right. Or and increase it's, like, well, it's not that it's not performing well with heavy arrows. It's that it's already efficient. Right. Like yep. if, you know, you take out your, your mechanical frictional losses and like that's as high as you can get in a perfect world. So it's like if you're already a few percentage points off of that at five or six grain per pound you're not going to see a huge change. Right. Now, a lot of the, like, speed bows are wasting, even even though they are already fast, they're typically the loudest bows. Yep. They're typically the most hand shock. And all of that is wasted energy. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, they're fast already, but they're wasting a lot of energy because they can't, transfer it that's where you see the big jumps then is because they're inefficient and the heavy arrow is allowing them to reach efficiency yep like but like speaking of elite efficiency that's that 300 to you know 500 and change Mm -hmm. difference that's going from 32 to 41 foot pounds Mm-hmm. And 0. 
to 0.43 momentum. Okay. So both of those, that's about a, that's about a 25% increase about give or take in, in both, in both metrics. Hmm. Yeah. Which that's, that's not, that's not, that's not bad. No. Yeah. I mean, I'm trying to, I'm, I'm trying to like do math of other, other bows that I know of in my head. And, and that's, that's, that's not bad really. No. And And that's, that's, and that's going to, that's going from, uh, roughly seven grains per pound, six um, grains per pound to 10. Yeah. Oh no. Like to 12. 12. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. God, that's not bad. That's really, that's actually, that's not bad at all. Right. But it's, you know, it, the thing with mass and I guess the reason when I mentioned earlier, when we first started talking about the mass portion of this is that, you know, it's speed and mass. Mm -hmm. As soon as that arrow leaves the knock, you are losing speed. Yep. And the more mass you have, the more stable that speed will be. The more stable the energy retention and the force retention will be of that arrow. So if, you know, if you've got that 300 grain arrow and it's coming out 40 feet per second faster, it's shedding velocity at a much faster rate. Yep. So now, yeah. like we talked about range, you know, effective range before. Mm-hmm. Like you might be able to hit 40 or 50 yards with that 300 grain arrow. But what's left? Yeah. Now you Not much. add a couple hundred grains and maybe you shrink that, you know, effective yardage to, you know, 30 or 40, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. But now you've got more retention. You've got more there to be effective at that range. And that's like, yeah, I get hounded a fair amount for my 500 grain minimum recommendation across the board. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't care if you've got a 40 pound bow. I don't care if you've got an 80 pound bow. I would like to see you near 500 grains for a hunting arrow. Yep. Yep. And people are like, oh my God, it's going to be so slow. Like, it's, I mean, I've ha- had quite a few kids that I've helped set up and it's like that kid is not going to know the difference. It's set them up. Let them practice with it, get them comfortable, and set them up for success. You know, that honestly, most kids, like talking, you know, young kids, early bow hunting, how consistent are they, you know, under pressure at longer ranges to begin with? Like, and that's one where like, it's tough when you're talking with a parent because, you know, they're trying to do what's best for your kid. And, and yeah, it's it's a a fine line trying to have that conversation, but it's like, I know you think he's a great shot and, you know, you're all excited that he can shoot to 30 or 35 yards, but 
under pressure, is that a shot that you really want that kid taking? You know? Yeah. And you know, I guess a lot of parents aren't. That, you know, it, it's a light arrow that's allowing that range. It's like, why, you know, yeah. why not limit it to 20 or 25 and give them a, a, a better chance? Yeah. And I, I would guess that a lot of parents are not uh, not honest about a uh, Billy buckling under pressure at forty yards. <laughs> right. I mean, just a we, just we a all just know a thought. that it's a big difference, especially when you're first starting. Um, between shooting a target at forty or fifty yards mm-hmm. and shooting at an animal, I mean. It's yep. a, everything changes. Yeah. Everything changes for sure. Um, well, yeah, man, we've, uh, I, I was thinking we were going to spend like maybe 20 to 25 minutes per, per side, but here we are rolling on almost 50 minutes on, just on this. Of course. Yeah. What, what am I thinking? What am I thinking? Would that's, you that's having a, any less? No, no, I wouldn't have. Um, we're, we're okay, giving so, attention to our, to our short, and low poundage friends and fans. Yeah, and we've and we've had they don't a, lot get a lot of, of attention. Well, and we, I, I, I'll say this: I, uh, I don't want to say that these people are like seeking us out because I, I don't know that. But we get a lot of messages and interactions from people that are on that end of the spectrum, that are low pounded shooters, uh, uh, young ladies. Uh, guys that are just getting into it that don't shoot a ton of draw weight mm-hmm. and and they're like how like how do I how do I do this right because I've like my buddy who shoots you know 30 70 uh, I can't get through a deer and and you know it's well, that's you know who are setting up these people yeah that's a lot of times like not anything bad against you know these people but most people, when they start, are setting up based on what their friends or their family, whoever their mentor, you know, they're setting up based on that person's setup. Right. And you that know, person's so, success. So if, if that Personal person's success. had success with a light arrow and mechanicals, then that's probably what they're looking at because they're going, this has worked for him for years. Why yep. wouldn't it work for me? Yep. And well, there's no, you know, like, honestly, most of the pro shops aren't even any better with it. They're going, oh, yeah, you want this, you know, light arrow and then, you know, whatever garbage head. Yep. And there's not a lot of consideration taken into it. And it's, you know, no fault of their own until... They get out there and see the issues. You know, they have a failure or they they take a shot and it it might be a recovery, but they're going, man, like that did not go how I was hoping. Right, exactly. And then they start questioning. It's a thing. It's a thing. I wish we could do better on that, but I don't know. We're trying to help. Yeah, trying to help, but we're going the right way. Yeah. Low energy people, we love you. Now, the other side of this. 
the Gumbies of the world, the, the, the monsters, the monsters of the world, the the Greg Pools, the big cats. Uh, these guys um, have a completely different issue. Uh, energy not being one of them. So, you know, typically this is your your uh, big guys, um, uh, you know, guys that are shooting 32 plus 80 pounds plus. Uh, so they've, they've either got the issue of they have to have an incredibly long arrow uh, or if they're feeling really, really ballsy shooting, uh, shooting an overdraw uh, or they are shooting an exorbitant amount of weight. Uh, which, you know, like I have no issue with, I know like the hunting world, uh, half the people, if you're like, I shoot an 80 pound bow, half the responses you get are, and I'm sure you deal with this all the time is, <laughs> oh, I don't know why I need to, when uncle Ted shoots 50 pounds and kills everything in sight. Uh, and that's, Cause I like it. That, yeah. That, that's, yeah. that's about, <sighs> Once, that's about my reason. I'm comfortable. When it comes down I, to I can uh, shoot it for hours why not i I, the the minute and i've said this since i've i've started shooting heavy poundage bows the minute that i can't consistently do around a five spot 60 shots within time if if i can't do that with my hunting bow Mm -hmm. i'll drop poundage yeah that no questions i think that's a a good measuring stick yeah. But when I can do that without an issue, then, like, I don't know, like, <laughs> why not? It's kind of like, why Why do you need to put a turbo or a supercharger on your car or your truck? Yeah, I, I, I damn well, I, please. I, I want Thank to. You. I, I, I like it. <laughs> right. So point being, no judgment here if you're if you're the guy that shoots heavy draw weight. Um so uh, I'm trying to think of where we should start with this. So I, I think there's there's two things that uh, I want to address right off the bat that typically aren't an issue. Um, speed uh, and, and I guess what like why these other things are OK to happen, I guess. Um, so typically when you are one of these people, speed is typically not an issue or trajectory is not an issue, I should say. Uh, if you are shooting heavier weight or if you're one of those guys that has a 32, 33 inch draw, you're already 20 to 30 feet per second faster than the majority of shooters out there, uh, which can gain you a a lot of mass, uh, uh, at the, at the same speed as a quote unquote average shooter. Uh, so that's, that's typically not an issue, uh, with, these guys. So if you are helping set up a guy that has a long draw length and he's worried about speed, tell him not to be because what's the general rule of thumb is every, every inch is about a 10 feet per second gain on draw length, give or take between eight to 10. So you're normally 20 to 30 feet per second up on the normal guy. And if you have a decent amount of mass, like Rob said, if you're over 500 grains on your typical white tail, uh, that penetration is typically not an issue uh, when you shoot uh, heavier bows, as long as your arrow making is set up correctly. Shot. Yeah, right, and and making a decent shot. Yeah, because that's I mean yeah, I have poorly set up, poor flight. The the energy is not going to save you. 
Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. That's, it, I mean, you can have all the energy in the world if your if your arrow impacts at a forty five degree angle, it, it's not going anywhere. It doesn't matter how much front of center you got, no matter how heavy the arrow is, it's it's unless you're trying to uh, hit the broadside broadside uh, with the broadside of the arrow, I guess. Then <laughs> trying to knock knock the deer over and and knock it out and then come over and finish the job, then. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's not it's not going to save you. Um, so a, a big thing that a lot of that I see a lot of mistakes being made right off the bat with high, high, high energy shooters is they don't get a stiff enough spine. Uh, and a lot of this is because they go to the pro shop and, they, and the guy is like, oh, God, yeah, you have to you're here a 34 inch draw. We better get you a 300 spine arrow. If you're if you're a weirdo, uh, really good chance that what you need is not going to be at a pro shop. Uh, if you want to tune and set up an arrow the way that we would suggest it properly, so go ahead and make peace with the fact that you are probably going to be ordering arrows for the rest of your life, uh, whether that be longer arrows. I think Bla- doesn't Black Eagle have a couple that it, well it might only be the traditional shaft, so that kind of yeah, sucks. The, but the traditional ones uh, are longer. They're um, 34 those, inches. Like They're 34. crazy long. Yeah. Um, yeah. Most of the other ones are 32. Yeah. Okay. Well, 32 isn't bad. Uh, I mean, you can. That's, no, I mean, that's, 32 that's is long enough for just about everybody. Willing to, uh, I guess, allow your broadhead over the shelf. Mm-hmm. Then, I mean, you can work a 33 inch draw, 34 yeah. inch yeah. draw potentially. Yeah, um, I mean, that's not, I'm a that's 30 inch draw, and my my short arrows are 28 and three quarters, and that's hmm. to I guess that's like just clearance of my sleeve with my rest. right. Yeah, well, and that's uh, you know on my compound I shoot 28 inches. I I just cut my arrows at 28 and leave it because I don't. I don't really care about the extra mass. I'm not, I'm not mad about it. So, yeah. but yeah, I, I could probably cut down to 27, 26 and a half. If I want to, but yeah, I'm fine. Um, I, I do it out of like necessity. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, you're 38. Um, yeah. You are, you're, you're, I'm, you I'm are on the borderline of, yeah, well, yeah, you're, you're borderline being, being a weirdo in, in this aspect. Uh, uh, and <clears> if you're shooting, you know, regular arrows uh uh <laughs> then then you wouldn't need to have no. uh some of the crazy spines that you do but uh yeah point being if you're if you're gonna shoot uh some decent front of center and i'm not like i'm not saying that you know if you shoot 33 inches uh uh 32 33 inches it is it like it's hard to get a you respectable amount of front to, of center to put some you weight. have to shoot it you have to shoot a heavy arrow Rylan, mm-hmm. who um, I've shot with before, I've hunted with, he has a 32? 32 and a half, I think. He's almost 33. Yeah. I, I know that it was near impossible for me to try and shoot that bow for tuning. How I tall was is that kid? He's only, he's only like 19. Yeah, he's young. 20, maybe. Yeah. Um, but... Uh, I don't know. He's maybe six three. Oh, I thought like, he was taller than that. He, he's, oh, he's like just... you, except tall. Okay. Yeah. He's just got a really long arms. <laughs> he's got some arms. Okay. Um, but like when you're 
in that kind of a draw length, the, I mean, the longer the shaft, the harder it is to get FOC to begin with. Yep. And it's like, I want to say that he had like a, a, a standard 650 build. Mm-hmm. And he was... He's probably 16, like, 15%. No, it was like right around 18, 19 Oh really? Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, but that, I mean, that, that was with a tapered shaft. So yeah, yeah. That's helping. that's probably two. That's two percent, three percent, right there, somewhere in there. So I mean, if you were to run a more standard arrow, um, it'd be difficult to you know get around that that nineteen twenty without getting heavy, heavy. Um, right. I guess I don't. I don't know. I'm skewed because I don't consider six fifty to be heavy heavy like that's just right like, well like oh yeah it's a good heavy arrow <laughs> yeah well my buddy my buddy sean uh who lives here in kansas city with me um he shoots he shoots a destroyer 340 i think and he's got longer uh, he's got longer draw length i think he's 32 inches and it was a chore to find him a not so yeah i think actually tapered might be uh might be a bigger deal than two percent uh, because it was a chore to find him uh, a an arrow to build to 650 grains. I think he ended up at like 660, 665 uh, to build to that amount uh, and hit 19%. I'm pretty sure he hit it like dead nuts. And he ended up mm-hmm. doing a an, an Element Storm 200 with a 200 grain cutthroat and some type of insert. And I, I, think, the, I think the shafts are cut at... 30 maybe 30 and a half inches i'll have to get the exact specs from him but it, and and it's like right at 19 percent when we measured it so uh, uh, so it's i guess main point here is unlike your short draw kin uh foc can be a challenge if you're mm-hmm. not willing to stack weight yep um and then if you are willing to stack weight then you have to figure out your spine Yep, because you got a, a long arrow that is, you know, I mean, spine is rated at twenty eight inches. Mm-hmm. So if you've got a thirty two inch arrow, guess what? Your three hundred spine is not way out the window. Hundred, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, way that's, out. That's static. That's not dynamic. But right, you get my point. Is you know, the further outside of that rating you get the more you need to think about it mm-hmm. uh, because that 300 isn't uh, 300 that 250 is not a 250 yep so and i will say just a little uh a pro tip for you um if you are i'm not i am not saying to sacrifice broadhead durability or structural integrity so don't take it that way but if you are a like let's say you're a long draw guy and you know that like between your whole like to hit front the front of center that you want to get to, you have to be at, uh, you know, uh, let, let's just call it uh, 300 grains up front. That seems like a lot, but it may not be. But 300 grains up front. Uh, okay. Instead of It'd shooting 100 grain and 200, you know, 100 grain component, 200. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. And then that's, yeah. That's kind of why I'm why I'm going with this. So 300 grains up front to hit whatever front of center you want to consider. Uh, um, and, and let, let's say, you know, that you might end up being weak 
with a 200 grain head and a 70, you know, and a, you know, 50 grain insert with a little bit of brass on the back end or whatever. Uh, consider dropping your broadhead weight a little bit and adding some type of internal footer or, or footer in general, uh, if you don't have one, because that what we have, what we're starting to find and really like, uh, I think we can probably credit this to Phil because he was somebody that kept, kept asking this question, or maybe people kept asking him that question, uh, was the trade-off that you get for adding weight, um, to front of center in your, uh, whether it's, a, an outside sleeve footer or an internal footer. And what, what I think, at least what I'm finding with these TDTs is it's almost a complete wash. The amount, if you, every like time I put in a brass weight, my dynamic reaction doesn't really change because it stiffens the front of that arrow that much more. And it effectively like makes the arrow well, and it, almost it's, shorter. It's, uh, where the weight is centralized is moving closer to the center of gravity. Right. Which, I guess, the further that the weight is from that center of gravity, the more leverage, the more effect it has on flicks. Yep. Right? Yep. So, it's, you know, if you add 100 grains of uh, internal footer, screw in brass, whatever you, you mm-hmm. use, um, that is not going to gain you the same level of front of center as adding 100 grains to your broadhead. Right. Right. Very and true. Very so true. It, it's, it's still a trade-off, um, but it definitely can be an option, um, especially when you're trying to hit certain numbers or trying to you know uh, reach certain goals with spine constraints mm-hmm. yep and you can you know if you're uh if you're a long draw guy and you absolutely can't shoot any stiffer than like a 250 like if they don't make a 200 spine or 150 spine whatever area you're wanting to shoot then i would heavily 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 consider doing whatever you can to shore up the front of that arrow with footers on the inside the outside whatever. And I think, uh, Steve, Steve Engel talks about this quite a bit in one of his videos where he talks about how effectively he shoots a, you know, an arrow that's 29 inches long because he has like a two or three inch footer on the front of it versus a full, a full length arrow. So something to consider. That's all. Um, so, uh, on the flip side of this, uh, how we said with low energy shooters, uh, high mechanical advantage broadheads are good and low mechanical advantage broadheads are bad. I don't want to say this is flipped, but it's it's kind of getting there. Uh, uh, well, on the internet today. In, go I ahead. guess in perspective, right? We're still sure. using high right. mechanical advantage heads compared to yes. anything else yeah. out there. Right. Yeah, industry that's, norm. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's, that's very true. There's some considerations to make. Yeah. So, go so, ahead with what you're going to say. Yeah. So, I guess long, like longer mechanical advantage, uh, three to one mechanical advantage kind of things, uh, you know, Ashby style heads. Not to say the Ashby head is, you know, is not suitable for heavy draw length guys because it is. obviously the, the amount of, yeah, Cape Buffalo and Elephant and Hippo and everything else killed with a three to one style head would say otherwise. But depending on the type of broadhead, it may not be the best choice. And I am. I want to particularly talk about 
no, nothing against them. I know I'm going to ruffle some feathers here, but the Zwickies, the uh, uh, just the, the older style heads, quote unquote, that are great designs, cheaper steel. Like this is where you can, you know, thinner blades. Like this is where you can start to run into issues with high mechanical or with uh, with high energy setups. So I I love I love high mechanical advantage broadheads. That should be obvious considering I have uh, eighteen tough heads sitting on my desk right now. Uh, that's kind of embarrassing to think about. No, now that I'm saying it out loud. Um, not really though, because tough heads are awesome. Uh, but point being, uh, if you are going to shoot a like a high mechanical advantage head and you're a high energy setup, it has to be good good quality steel and it has to be a durable tip design, like a tanto tip or something like that. Yeah. Uh, and and blade a, thickness, a, yeah, blade thick material. blade like needs a triple triple C thick blade. <laughs> well, and that's like. I guess I I think I've mentioned this previously from for my personal preferences. Um, mm-hmm. I guess there's a reason that I really like the convex style heads for my super compound. durable, super and it's durable because of how much that tip is reinforced. Mm-hmm. Um, you also tend to get a little bit shorter of a head which reduces yep. overall leverage on the shaft and the components. So when you have all of that force at impact, especially if you have a, a hard impact, you know, on the front side of the animal while that shaft is still unsupported and outside just in the air, um, that's the more uh, rigid the front lever arm of that system is the better. So, you know, like we were saying before, improving your front of center shortens that front lever arm of the shaft. Um, the broadhead length, you know, running a true three to one, that's a long head. You just added more leverage to the front of that shaft. Um, now, not saying that it's a bad call because like Matt mentioned, guys have killed some of the biggest game in the world using those type heads. It's a matter of like, if I was going after a elephant or uh, maybe like giraffe or hippo, yeah, I would be running that type of head, but that's where, you know, I'm on the far side of the big game spectrum and I'm starting to consider that, hey, I need to maximize everything that I've got. Yep. Right. Now, on most other game, I'm not as concerned with that. I'm more concerned that on the off chance that I do have an oddball impact that I get a little bit of tip curl on that long, narrow, three-to-one tip. Right. Um, because any bend, uh, any, you know, damage at that tip will drastically impact the resistance and potentially alter the path of penetration. 
Yep. Um, and so it's just something that I consider when setting stuff up for myself. I mean, I'm right now with my current setup, I'm near one slug and I'm at like 115 or 118 <laughs> foot pounds. Like oh, there's man. a lot of energy there. There's a lot of force. Yeah. So if yep. I hit something hard, there's an impact. Yep. <laughs> like, so you want everything to be laid out and set up accounting for it. Yeah. It, this is almost, you know, and I'm, I'm a, a huge proponent of, and not to get too off track here, but I'm a huge proponent of when guys talk about shooting, you know, they're like, I just can't get like, I can't, I can't not shoot my mechanicals yet. I have to shoot my mechanicals. They're like, but I'm going to shoot an arrow that's like 550, 600 grains or, you know, over 500 grains. And part of me is like, yeah, like, you know, that's, that's the right move. But the other part of me is like that broadhead's going to get crushed. <laughs> if it if it hits the wrong spot because yeah. it is it's it's a true give and take and and that's why like if you're going to shoot a mechanical like please baby jesus shoot one that's like a really good quality steel uh but that's the uh particularly the feral because that's the part that will that will break uh but the that's the that's the issue is the the more force that you put on uh what or the more force that you have than actually rated kinetic energy or uh this is something where kinetic energy can tell you how much, you know, how much of an impact this is actually going to have or a high momentum setup. Um, oh, trademarked. Uh, but uh, you are high momentum bow hunting, I guess. Uh, but these are good indicators of, um, you know, you should be shooting uh, these broadheads, these particular, or well, I guess I shouldn't even say broadheads. You should be shooting broadheads of quality steel is really what I'm getting at. And, and a durable design, a durable design where it's not going to fold like a taco or blades are going to snap and, you know, uh, whatever, you know, what have you, I guess. So yeah. uh, durable broadheads are uh, absolute, absolute, absolute must if you're shooting high energy. Mm-hmm. And that's on the I guess on the original topic of mechanical advantage, I mean, like if you look at um, like the Maasai that I run or mm-hmm. um, like I've got some uh, um, Nanooks, I've got uh, the Alax- Alaskans that I'm playing with, um, you know, the mechanical advantage of most of those heads is still around or north of two. Yeah. Which so, is better I mean, than still, 95% uh, of the heads oh, that are out there? Yeah. I mean, and that's where it's like, is it not as efficient as a three to one? Yes. Right. Correct. But it's still very efficient. Yeah. Um, and so it's, it's a give and take in that you're giving up a little bit of efficiency for, uh, a better overall durability. And this is actually, uh, I guess why I was so excited for the Alaskan 200. Right. Because it's, you know, still a, a good mechanical advantage, but it's short. Yeah. Which is less leverage. Leverage mm-hmm. is, in, in my mind, leverage Breakage. is my enemy. Right. Like it's, uh, imagine, you know, you're trying to break your, 
you know, lug nuts loose and you've got a six inch wrench, <laughs> how much force does it take to make that move? Yep. Now you <laughs> throw a three foot, you know, breaker bar on there and you, you breathe on it and it moves. Yeah. That's yep. the same thing. If you've got a super long broadhead, that's the same exact principle. It's leverage. Yep. And so if I know that more force is at play, I want to take that leverage away if possible. Yep. <laughs> the lug nut example is making me think of a, a buddy of mine. Uh, his name's Sasha. He's a little 120-pound German man. And <laughs> when you know, back in right out of college when I was really into cars and we were all running around in our little our little german hot rods and uh we we found sasha and uh he had he had some type of mercedes i don't remember what it was but uh we had to uh throw a spare on once and he he you know he's changing it and he had the you know the four uh you know four post changer and uh he you know tightens it up and then his torque was like him quite literally hopping like he would get it like level and then he would get on it and just like hop up and down to to get it over and you know it's it's a you know it's wasn't more than six eight inches long when in all reality like i do i probably apply as much if not more torque using my torque wrench that's 24 inches (laughs) so uh so not a uh, not a bad example there um but i guess i mean high mechanical or high high energy guys aren't uh, aren't as uh, uh, fun there's not as much to it as there is to the to the low end of the spectrum you just have to shoot durable stuff like that's I mean, like bottom line you have to shoot good carbon you have to shoot good steel or your your stuff's just gonna fall apart yeah I mean it has to be durable enough to withstand you know what you're putting it through yep the spine needs to be right. Like we always say to err on the stiff side, if, you know, if you're questioning, it's hard to err on the stiff side when you're a long draw and shooting high poundage. Yeah. I mean, I'm 80, 30 and I'm running 170 and 150 spine shafts. Yeah. Granted, I have a lot of weight up front, but you know, you look at some of these guys that are running, you know. 30 31 inch draws out of 90 pound bows right guess what they're in the same boat yeah like yeah you're yeah. you're going how can i stiffen this shaft up more yep because i want to be a little bit stiff yeah well okay uh um let's let's rabbit hole down that route for a minute one um i just had a go little ahead. um one thing that can definitely show itself when um, your poundage starts climbing is bad knocks. Hmm. And what I mean by that is if if you've ever actually paid attention to some of the different knock designs, some of them are more flexible than others and are longer than others. And this is, once again, that whole leverage thing. The longer that that knock is, say, from where the carbon uh, meets the knock to where the string, the valley of the knock is, 
the longer that that portion is, typically the more flex that's going to occur in that knock. And you can have uh, an arrow that by any account should be good. Like it should be reacting properly. The bow is tuned. The shaft is stiff enough. Like everything is accounted for and you're going, why is this not working? Yep. Check the knocks. Because <laughs> I've never thought of that. I, I've, I've personally dealt with that before. <laughs> I, I never, I never would have thought of that. Um, so I, I guess before we, we hop into this other rabbit trail for like just a minute, are we, are we thinking like the general consensus I think from us is if you're a normal guy that wants to shoot, like if you want to start messing around with higher front of center stuff, we almost like always recommend a 250 spine, uh, unless, unless, you know, you're really short draw length or lower draw weight or something like that. But if you're a, if you're a 70 pound somewhere between 27 to 29 inch draw, we're typically recommending two fifties, like on the norm, probably yeah, like I 90% mean, of the time. If you want to have room to play, then two fifties is a smart option. You know, it'll, yeah. it'll save yeah, you, you, you can definitely get it done run. with it. Yeah. You can definitely um, get it done with 300, but if you want if, to start messing with the uh, big boy setups, yeah, uh, that's one gives where, you. Like if you are say in that like twenty seven to twenty nine inch draw and approaching seventy pounds, there's a lot that you can do with the three hundred if your shafts are trimmed. Right. You know? And that's where that, that arrow length comes into play is you know, uh someone that is a twenty seven inch draw that's leaving their arrow twenty nine inches long is not gonna be able to do as much as the guy that's cutting it to 27 and a half. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but I, I guess uh, where I was going with that is if you are the person that falls into this heavyweight, uh, long draw, high energy category, I would basically recommend starting at 200 spine, like 200s of well, whatever. And th there's, there's a lot more 200s out I there mean, now. If, it's because I can't actually hit like a 650 build. Um, right. It'd be like 700, somewhere high 600s. But uh, like if I trim down to like 29 inches, mm -hmm. I can run a 240 with, you know, 70 grain component and a 200 grain head. Yeah. And that, that'll work. Um, it's not my cup of tea. Because I, right. it's not the front of center that I want, and it's not, right. uh, just it's not what I'm looking to build, right? But that works perfectly fine. I mean, I know a ton of guys that run two forties out of their eighty pound bows. Um, yeah, yeah. Certainly not to be, you know, certainly not to say that you can't do it with a with a heavier spine. Uh, or a, I guess a, a lighter spine, God, 240 lighter spine. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, I, I don't know. I just, I feel like the majority of the guys that I've talked to that like fall into this realm. And I, I guess I'm, I'm talking to longer, draw, the real, yeah. the, re, the real gumbies. Yeah. Yep, the, yep. the guys that are and 32, 33, 34. That's a good point. That's, I keep 
I guess thinking of like 30, like 31. But yeah, the, for the guys that are the true Gumbies, yeah, you're going to need to go stiff just because that, that's a long arrow. Yeah, it's a really long arrow. So I don't know. I would probably start at 200. Maybe you can get a one that's a little bit lighter to, to tune, but like we've said quite a bit, always err on the side of stiffness. Nah, just that's what she said. Go, go um, big, get a 150, call it a day. <laughs> uh so the okay so the other rabbit trail that i said we were going to get to like eight minutes ago um double shafting Ooh, is yeah. an is an option so uh not to be confused with the new uh series that we have with garrett weaver touching shafts uh shaft or, or sha- shaft. Sh- shaft to shaft <laughs> uh um not to be confused with shaft to shaft uh but uh um double shafting uh essentially if you if you haven't seen it or heard of it is essentially taking what is normally a standard diameter arrow 245 and then plugging in a micro diameter inside of it to stiffen the living snot out of it uh so if you take a uh, i'm trying to this i've never i've never had build yeah so, yes this is a, this is a true frankenstein build the, for the sure last and it, one that i did was a uh what was it it was a 300 spine this is when i was still with the old shop so i had victory shafts Mm -hmm. um 300 spine uh v force Mm -hmm. with i put a 250 spine vap and i guess the trick regardless of what shafts you're looking at you need to look at the id the actual ID, because some of the shafts are, you know, standard shafts are two four five, some are two four six, some are two four four five. So you know, verify the the internal diameter, and then break out the find a shaft that has a, a, you know, slightly undersized couple foul um, OD, so that you can slide that inside of it. Yep. Now, there is a multitude of ways to go about this, and it can get extremely complex. Um, the simple way is to go full length. And yep. now you've just got a super stiff, heavy arrow. Because, I mean, think about it. If you've got, say, a, a standard 8 or 9 GPI, you know, standard diameter shaft, and now you stuff yep. another eight or nine gpi micro in there well now you've got like a 16 to 18 gpi shaft <laughs> so it's like it those gets, bow fishing arrows almost yeah i mean it gets heavy in a hurry um and it will get stiff um, yep and if you're going to play with this i would definitely recommend having access to a spine tester Yep. Just to know what you're actually dealing with so that you have a reference when you start putting weight up front and you're going, oh, I can put this much weight up front. Right. You know, what spine is that? So that you have a reference to compare. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, depending on what spine the two shafts are, you're going to get different spines as a result. Yeah. Um the the complicated part is if you start partial shafting which is what i played with a little bit seeing at what point um 
I guess, how long did that internal footer need to be to actually affect static spine? Right. And it has to be past the center of gravity. It, it has to, at least to affect dynamic reaction. Um, to affect the static, it's got to be near halfway. Um, but there's a lot of different things that you can do double shafting, like what you were mentioning before, Matt, with, uh, doing internal footers to stiffen, you know, the front of the shaft and add weight, you know, you can put a, a six inch section of shaft up front or, you know, eight inch or whatever, and, you know, add some weight you know, play with the reaction a little bit, you know, whatever you're trying to do. Um, but there are some complications with it when you start looking at like components. Cause now you've got yep. a, a micro ID, but you've got a standard OD. Mm-hmm. So now what components do you put in there that actually made up? That's, I was thinking like, if you were going to do that, you, I would think that you would want to install, correct me if I'm wrong, because I've never actually done a, a double shaft myself. I've, I've only heard of them. Um, would you want to install your 245 component first? And then like a grand grand of like whatever you have is like you, you, know, you won't be able to add weight to the back of it. Uh, install your 245 components first and then uh, essentially dry fit your the length of your uh, micro diameter and then cut it to length uh, afterwards. You might have to cut off like an inch or two based on your, uh, your insert length, I guess. Yeah. Um, Yeah. That's definitely one way of doing it is to uh, cut the internal shaft, uh, you know, subtract the component length, subtract the knock, the internal knock. Right. um, And run that. Um, there's a couple of different ways that you can do it. You can duplex, um, which is having like a tiered component. Um, but I mean, this is all getting custom. Right. Um, yeah. This is like at this point this, with this like modern era technology. <laughs> yeah. With, with modern era technology, very rarely do you need to do this. I mean, if we're consistently killing elephants, yeah. with and not having to double shaft like this is this isn't this is not the norm yeah. <laughs> to say the least i guess one way that i did do it was i um had a piece of i guess uh i got some brass rod that was uh like 165 mm-hmm. i used that as an internal footer to the uh, front of the the micro shaft mm-hmm. and so I, I trimmed so that I had room for my uh, normal component um, and you have to use it you would need to use a component that is threaded for uh, brass insert weights mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I took a die and I threaded the 
rod. And then, so I, I epoxied it into the micro and mm-hmm. then screwed it into the component. <laughs> but I mean, what was the, did you measure the stiffness on that guy? Would they come out to like a, um, a 50 that spine? Was, that was a 300 and a 250. And I want to say that that came out to like a 125. I was just kind of messing around. This was mo- much more prevalent before we had all these options for shafts. Mm-hmm. This yeah. was something that, you know, back 40, 50 years ago, guys guys would do to be able to run excessive weight up front out of, like, heavy bows because there weren't really, you know, you had wood and then you had graphite and you had aluminum and then the early carbons weren't all that stiff, um, I guess, comparatively. Yeah, you know, yeah. They, didn't, they didn't need to be for most stuff. Um, and so guys would double shaft to, to be able to hit some of the stuff that we can do normally now. Um, I mean, when you can build a 1250 grain arrow without and not, not have to double shaft, yeah, it you know, it's not all that common, but yeah, for the uh guys that like tinkering, it can be fun, yeah, yeah, so, something uh, to play with and see where you like the reaction and what kind of a monster you can build. Yeah. Double shaft and then put a, one of those Bishop 600s on the front of it and <laughs> let her, let her rip. But I still want to play with one of those. Just because. Oh, I do too. I do too. I'm pretty sure Troy has some, so hopefully we yeah. can, hopefully we can, uh, we can play with those. Um, yeah, well that's, uh, uh another episode where, where we thought this, we can do this in an hour hour and 36 minutes so far here we are um anything else i I know we we kind of we we've had some people reach out to us about this so we we definitely wanted to wanted to cover it and it just happened to be a good week to to get it done um was there i don't know was there anything else we wanted to cover on high energy low energy setups no um i think we we covered it all pretty well I've highlighted um, all my all my points, so I see, think we're good. there. You got it. Notes. Um, I mean, footnote version is, you know, you want to maximize what you have if if you're yep. on the lower end of the spectrum. Um, and I mean that is utilizing mass to your advantage, utilizing high mechanical advantage utilizing cut on contact you know all of the adders in the efficiency realm um just taking advantage of anything that you can get your hands on kind of thing and for the guys that aren't as concerned with the energy and force aspect make sure that it's tough enough to handle what you're doing. Yep. And definitely pay attention to the flight because that's it. Poor flight. The two most important things. Yeah, it is. But poor flight can compound structural issues. Yep. 
because oh, absolutely. you're adding all of this lateral force <laughs> being applied to a shaft that is not really designed to take lateral force. Yep. So the the more force that's there, the more important it is that everything be linear and straight, you know, at impact. Yeah. Yep. Actually, I really like the, uh, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm message or text. I can't remember which one it was, uh, when he was talking about it, uh, a good reference from Aaron Snyder. I think he was talking to the guy from iron will, uh, and he talked about how, uh, a Coke can or like a soda can, I guess you should say, uh, it goes, you know, if you're, if you take a soda can and you try and crush it when it's hitting exactly perpendicular to something, exactly exactly and it's kind of hard to do it when you're when you're per, when you're perfectly perpendicular but if you turn that thing at any kind of angle it just buckles mm-hmm. because the the side of it can't can't handle that so yeah you have well, to all the you have to have good aero flight is linear on yeah yeah you know, well and that's... and you go from from uh, a 360 degree uh, uh, what sort I'm looking for? Uh, energy dis energy dispersion. Yeah. Uh, through through the whole thing, and then you go to uh, hitting maybe f- five to ten percent mm-hmm. of of uh, but you still have all the energy. All the energy is uh-huh. still the same, but uh, but you're putting <laughs> it on five percent of the. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But you're putting on five percent of the uh of the shaft. So yeah, hit it square. Have good flight. It's important. Anything else? We we gonna no, wrap this dude up. I think that's think that's it. That's, All right. Uh, I guess the the one thing that I would say is, you know, with all of this in mind, shoot the weight that you're comfortable. Yep. You know, don't you don't need sixty, seventy, eighty, ninety pounds to be successful. Can it help? Sure. Right. You know, but don't sacrifice comfort and shootability to, to gain a couple extra pounds. It's not that, you know, it's not the end all be all. So just keep that in mind and, you know, Stay where you're comfortable. Don't don't let people tell you that oh you have to shoot seventy or you know whatever the case. Set up, prepare for what you have and where you want to be, and make it happen. Yep. Prepare for the worst. Hope for the best. Send it. Exactly. Alrighty, cool. Uh, well, our contest is in full swing. We've had a lot of good entries so far. Uh, it's the summer shooting challenge, I guess is what we're calling it. Uh, so go check that out. I'll be sure to toss the YouTube video in the show notes. And uh, yeah, win some free gear. We've got like a thousand dollars worth of prizes to give away, uh, including some, some like stuff in there. Yeah, yeah. Our people we reached out to that stepped up and gave us stuff. They are they're awesome, and I'm really really thankful they were able to do that for our listeners because. Our listeners are the best, and I don't care what anyone says. So, uh, get out there, shoot your bow, uh, shoot long range. I guess shoot longer with the challenge, 
shoot heavy stuff and uh, win some prizes. So uh, thanks everyone for tuning in. Till next time, stay lethal and don't forget the olive oil.